Now this goes out to all of my beautiful people. I'm J Star, you know it's nice to meet ya. 7:45 a.m. Catch me on the morning meetup, hosted by David Shane's. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So um, we're on the morning meetup if you're on Clubhouse, and uh, this month's theme is the millionaire mindset. And because we want to adopt the millionaire mindset, I felt like it's very, very important to at least study millionaires, to find out some of the habits. And then I found out that there are 46.8 million millionaires worldwide. 46.8 million millionaires worldwide. That's counted in like USD, like in American money. But 46.8 million millionaires says to me that there is not 46.8 million people that are smarter than me, more gifted than me, more talented than me, willing to work harder with a better net. 46 million people? are better than you in terms of building wealth? No, no. Something's, ha something's happening. In me Hold on, let me, let me just make sure I'm, uh, I'm muting everyone. Cool, cool, cool. All right, you know, I'll open it up in just a minute. But yeah, 46 million people ain't better than me. That's all I took from that. 46 million people reach a certain level of millionaire status and I can't, no way. But I figure, I figure we just got to find out what they did and we just do it and we'll be fine, okay? 18.6 million individuals in the USA alone are millionaires. 18.6 million people in the United States, in my own backyard, are also millionaires. 705 billionaires in the United States. Seven, okay, billion, that's a small group amongst the whole United States. But I was thinking about moving to New Jersey, moving back to New Jersey. Because I found out that almost 300,000 millionaires live in New Jersey. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's the state. Maybe I need to move. Maybe I need to re relocate. 300,000 millionaires. Okay. The city with the biggest concentration of the ultra-rich is New York City. Maybe I need to move to New York. Or California, where 44% of U.S. million, 44% of all the U.S. millionaires live in Cali. So Silver, you right next to the money. Oh, my Cali family, y'all right next to the money. Y'all there. So 76%, um, however, 76% of U.S. millionaires are white or Caucasian. 76% of U.S. millionaires are white or Caucasian. Here's what I'm looking forward to the next 10 years to see how that changes. <laughs> Anybody get excited when I, like, so, so some people said, oh, 76% of millionaires are white people and got upset, instantly upset in your heart. Some of y'all, I, I know it. I know you went straight into the hate speech instead of saying, whoa, this is about to change. This is exciting. There's opportunity here. I can't wait to see how this changes. Um, they own an average millionaires of three properties worth $1.4 million. What does that say? Hold on. I, I do want to like leave it off me, not off me, but you get what I'm saying. What is that? What is like, when you hear that, when you hear that, that, um, average millionaire owns three properties worth $1.4 million. 
What does that tell you? They invest. They invest. And that real estate is one of the vehicles of creating wealth in this country. Real estate. It's very lucrative and it's a passive income. What that told me was I need to get some real estate. (laughs) I ain't even get deep. I'm like, oh, crap. I need to get at least three properties. If the ad, if I, if, if the desire is to be a millionaire, if the desire is to be a millionaire, an average millionaire has three properties without being deep or philosophical. So um, yes, we need to have some sort of real estate vehicle. Um, 47% of, wor- of the world's wealthy, the 47% of the world's wealth is controlled by the top 1%. Almost half of all the world's wealth is controlled by a certain group of people. I just want to get in that. I just I, I want to get in that room. I need to see what they be talking about. What y'all be doing? Eighty-four percent of millionaires have a college degree. Do we need to go get back to school? Or <laughs> on a hundred on a hundred point scale, millionaires rated the importance of having a regular savings program. Okay at 82%, reflecting their strong belief of its importance to their wealth. A regular savings program. What do we just read? We're reading The Richest Man in Babylon in our book club, right? They, they, they feel like it's very, very important that they have a regular savings program, not having a savings. And again, I'm just reading the statistics. I didn't see that they, they want to save money. They have a regular savings program. The word that I was most focused on was program, a system. So when money comes in, where does it go? So after after like identifying this uh, some years ago, I opened up an Acorns account. Opened up Acorns, and every time I use any of my card, I got I got Acorns attached to every one of my cards. They'll just round up the change, and I have it set to a certain amount of money that goes out every single week. I think one of them, I want to say one of my accounts is like $5 a day. I want to say it drafts it every day. Is it every day? Oh, yes. I think it's like $5 a day and $20 a week. So, um, so yeah, I opened up an Acorns account and it'll let you draft the money because this is what I realized about myself. If I don't have the money, I won't spend it. If I don't have the money, I won't spend it. So for instance, um, I forgot who that was, but they said they looked at their account and they saw $150 of subscriptions every single month. Now it's not that I miss it because I got the money, right? But you're basing your spending habits, what you can and can't buy based off what you have. And if you just have less, you'll look at it and I'll spend less. So if your check is a little short, it doesn't change your lifestyle. It's just, you don't have that particular money amount of money. So I figure if someone was stealing money from me in small increments, I won't miss it. It's hard to catch. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. 
Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. It's just hard to catch. Like the like the subscription thing. It's just hard to catch. So what I did was I set up the acorns. I want something right. I need I need my investments. I need the money. I, I I need acorns to regularly steal small increments of money so I don't miss it. I don't even see it. I don't feel it. However, it goes into investment vehicles. Now, $5 a day is not much. If you think about it, it's $35 a week or $140 a month. But that's the same amount of money that my homie just now was saying that she's spending in subscriptions. But it goes into investment vehicles that will grow. Again, it's not super significant, the, the amount of money today, because anybody can have that. Anybody could do that. We spend, we spend $10, $20 a day on food, if you really think about it. You go to Quick Trip. I don't know if you got Quick Trip where you live, but I every time I went to Quick Trip, I get gas and I go get one of them pretzels, the sugar cinnamon joints. Yikes, them things is amazing. It's only $2. It's, it's a loose two bucks. You got that in your little coin thing. However, if I, I can either not buy a pretzel every day or and, and save it, which is $2 a day or $14 a week or $56 a month, or what is that? About uh, almost $600 a year in pretzels. Anywho, 86% of millionaires said they made their own wealth. They didn't inherit it. So we're looking at the, uh, the exceptions. What's going on, family? David Shans, I want to give you a special invitation to The Morning Meetup, themorningmeetup.com. It is the only organization that gathers every single morning, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we help you learn entrepreneurship, grow as an entrepreneur, become an entrepreneur, or you just get to be in an environment, a network of all entrepreneurs. Literally hundreds of entrepreneurs gather on a Zoom call every single morning, Monday through Friday, okay? So I wanna give you a special invitation to help grow your business and your brand all this year, okay? Every single day, you eat every day for the for your health, you brush your teeth every every day for your hygiene. I need you to learn and grow every single day um, for your mindset, okay? So make sure you go to themorningmeetup.com. It is only $1 um, trial. You don't need a promo code, just go 
$1, themorningmeetup.com. Check it out. If you like us, stay. If not, after that, it's $79 a month, but I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy yourself, okay? So go to themorningmeetup.com. I love y'all. See you in the morning. So we look at somebody like Donald Trump, right? Where we're like, yo, well, his dad gave him a million dollars and he act like it was just a little bit of money. Because the way he puts it is like, he, my dad only gave me a little million dollars and I had to do what I had to do with it. Now he turned into a billion, which is commendable. But that's a part of 14% of people who came from wealth. 86% are people just like me and you. 86% of millionaires are just like me and you. They started from the ground up. And this also shows me that wealth doesn't transfer well. That's what I learned. Wealth doesn't really transfer well. It's not like because I'm successful. And, and here's the thing. We want to leave an inheritance for our children's children's children. But it's one thing to leave them the money. It's another thing to leave them the information, the knowledge of how to build it. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. 86% didn't come from money. That's deep. On average, it takes a millionaire 32 years to hit the million dollar mark. 32 years of probably doing the same thing. So from 20 to 52. And look at us, 30 years old. We've been in business for two years and we feel like we should have made the million yet. I'm just saying average. It takes a long time. Just be patient. Just be patient. 80% of current millionaires didn't reach a million until at least 50 years old. 80% didn't reach their million. And I'm not saying that it's gonna take you that long. I'm just saying it's something to be said about patience. It's something to be said about patience. 86% of wealthy people who work full-time put in 50 hours or more each week at their career. Let's say that just one more time. 86% of wealthy people who work full-time put in 50 hours or more each week at their career. My question for you, dear friends, how many hours are you putting in? Is it 50? If it's not 50, don't complain about not being a millionaire. You don't deserve it. I'm just saying, if 86% of wealthy people work 50 hours a week in their career and you work 15 hours a week in your career, why are you so upset? Why are you so frustrated about this not working? You're trying to go against the rules. <laughs> you're trying to go like you're trying to go so extreme against the averages and you're upset at your friends and family and the product and the service. Sometimes it's just 50 hours per week. Okay. 67% of wealthy people watch less than one hour of television daily and 63% spend less than one hour daily surfing the internet. The internet. 63% spend less than an hour. How much do we spend surfing the internet? All right. 53% of self-made millionaires were obsessed with becoming rich before they were rich. Okay. 53% of self-made millionaires were obsessed with becoming rich before they were rich. Now, that says a couple things to me. One, um, they had vision, they knew it was gonna happen and they were willing it to work. They're going for it. 
But I don't know if I want to be obsessed with being rich. <laughs> just me personally. I it just it seems it just seems dirty. I don't know. For some reason, that's just that's just me. The word obsessed, golly. Um, yeah, I ain't trying to chase that like that. But uh, millionaires often pursue multiple streams of income with 65% having at least three streams, thereby diversifying their dependence on any one stream. Now, I have to say the stat because the stat is there, but I do want to leave it with a, um, I want to put a, uh, what's it called? A, a disclaimer. Most millionaires don't start out with multiple streams. They become excellent at something. Let's become excellent at something. Before we start doing this, that, and that, because it requires an immense amount of focus. It requires an immense amount of focus. So yes, the goal, multiple streams, but ideally you'd like to have those multiple streams coming from a stream that you create. So um, I do, I, I wrote a book teaching entrepreneurship. And then from my book, I started coaching. So coaching income and book income and speaking income from my teaching and stuff in my book, it would seem to be three different streams of income, but it all sprouts from the same lane. Okay. All right, 88%, I'm almost done. 88% of self-made millionaires read at least 30 minutes every day focused on self-education. 88% of self-millionaires read at least 30 minutes every day focused on self-education. This book club that we are involved in, Morning Meetup, is more important than you think. We're just, we're, we're adopting the habits of the wealthy. That's why we read a chapter every day. We're adopting the habits of the wealthy. Okay, millionaires also take good care of their health with 76% exercising four days a week. Ah, I'm a little, a little off on that one. <laughs> I'm a little off on that one. Okay, 86% are married, including 65% in their first marriage. Okay, what does that, what does that say to you real quick? Um, 86% of millionaires are married and 65% are married to their first love, their first, not first love, but their first marriage. What does that say to y'all real quick? They started from they the are bottom. Committed. And what they do. Partnership, community building. Big Rob, what'd you say? I said they are committed in what they do. They're committed, okay. Who else? Ooh, community. Who else? The, the divorce will be expensive. It is cheaper to keep her. It is cheaper to keep her. I can, I can attest. I can attest to that. Yeah, y'all so wrong. That's what y'all got. Come to two. <laughs> I got that. They started from the bottom. Like they were there before they made the million. So now it's even more a, a unit because of the millions, right? So it's like they grew together. Yeah. Fourteen. I got part partnership and um, obviously commitment, vision, vision, partnership, commitment. Absolutely, all that, all that. All right, mute out for me, y'all. Um, all of that. <laughs> it's just so funny. The first thing you think of, oh, it's cheaper to keep it because they definitely don't want to be there. They just, they're just so obsessed with wealth. 
<laughs> Y'all, something else, man. Respondents say, respondents save an average, okay, here it goes, an average of 23% of their income. On average, they save 23% of their income. On average, they save 23% of their income. That's just the first savings bucket. This is an investment, which means they live off significantly less than 70%, the 70% we talked about, right? They save an average of 20. So for every hundred dollars, 23% of that just goes into savings for whatever it's going into. Another percentage is going into investments. Another percentage is going into philanthropy. Another percentage is going somewhere else. And then another portion is what we live off of. So some of us live off significantly more than 70%, but we're changing that. That's why I'm reading the book, Richest Man of Babylon. I got like four more. 66% of millionaires own their own business. 48% of millionaires invest in stocks 74 percent of millionaires are happy with their work-life balance hmm. 74 percent of millionaires are happy with their work-life balance i think there's something to be said about that be happy find happiness with your work-life balance so um I think that's good. Last one, 70% spend $0 on gambling per year. 74% of millionaires spend $0 on gambling. They don't gamble. They invest. So when the basketball game comes on, they're not looking to get lucky. You're not going to find... 74%, I'm not saying none, you're not going to find 74% of millionaires in Vegas. Hey, Dave, okay, so when you say gambling, do you mean strictly like betting on games and things like that? Or do you mean like not gambling in like unwise investments? Or is it strictly like betting on fights and stuff? Well, an unwise investment is an investment. Gambling is gambling. What's the difference? Is a strategy? What's, what's the well, difference? Because you, you're taking a gamble when you do an investment. With the semantic of the words, but what's the difference? Lottery is gambling. Vegas is gambling. An investment, if I'm buying a real estate property, that's an investment. I'm taking a gamble on it, but it's more of a sound deal than me playing a dollar lottery. So I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna, uh, pull up the uh, the stats. So I went, I went to the gas station the other day. And um, like a calculated risk, yo. I've ne this is what I've I've not seen. I well, man, uh, well, that's that's unfair. Okay, so let me just give you uh, gambling. Okay, but it, it don't. Okay, I'll, I'll say it this way: it's a certain type of people. It's a certain type of person. And this ain't about um, like judging anybody, but it's a certain type of person who goes to the gas station. It says, "Let me get a number." 24, let me get two number sixes, and let me get, okay. I, it's a, for, I, again, I'm not, I'm not judging anybody, but any gas station I go to, it's a certain type of person. It's always the same type of person. And I, you, you don't know what's going on in their lives and things of that nature, 
But I, I went in there and they spent $60. He spent $60. I was watching it. And I'm like, bruh. Is, that's the hope. So gambling, my definition, playing games of chance for money. Playing then, games I, of chance. chance. Can I say something real quick? Sure. So I've got a friend... And it was so wild to me. He swore he wasn't gambling with the lottery tickets. Like to him, it was just as calculated. It made sense, like getting some real estate. Because he's like, you know, you can go to the GA lottery website. You can see which scratch-off game is new, which one still has all the mega winners still out there. So when I go and I know I'm buying this $20 mega bucks that hasn't been found yet in Georgia, and these prizes are still out there, I'm making a calculated risk and I know I'm not just buying anything and everything up there. And I was, you know, and I was trying to debate that and go back and forth with him, but you know what I mean? So like, depending on the approach someone's taken, he still felt like he wasn't really gambling. It's an investment that's just going to pay off soon. And I was like, mm, okay. Absolutely. You have, you know, in, in, in terms of gambling, the word playing games of chance for money, it's like you have no control over that. Yeah, in, in certain investments, you can't control it either. But I, I think some of you get the point. And if we have to ask this question, it's like the, the, the hope that I can do nothing and make some money based off chance. I don't, bet on, I don't bet on basketball games. I can't control that. Remember in Richard's Man of Babylon, my man went down to the horse races or we're, sh we're shaking the dice, rolling the dice in hopes that, you know, some of my friends, they so crazy. They feel like they got a certain type of role. Like they know how to roll dice. That's what my, my friends, my friends, you might be the person that <laughs> you might be the craps champ. I don't know. You got a secret role. I don't know. Right. But um, the, the, at the gaming tables, as they, uh, they put it in the richest man in Babylon, it's forever in their favor, but our goal is to get lucky. I go to get lucky. So, anyway, and there's some. I guess there's some some um, some some fine lines in that, right? Like um, poker. Some people use it as a career because it's not even necessarily about the cards; it's about studying the other human. So that's. I mean, there's gray areas, but I'm just here. Listen, I'm not defending either side. I'm just saying the stats according to the research. Because if we want to be a millionaire, we should at least study millionaires find out what they do the things that they do so if you are a gambler go for it i'm not telling you not to i'm just setting the dice see i knew 90 cam would know <laughs> all right so uh anywho yes yes poker players will not say they're gambling because it is a skill it is that is an art like because you're you're not it's not solely based on the cards necessarily um it's like understanding the human being. But I'm gonna drop this interview with this one dude. Oh my gosh, my man Doug Depp. Wait till y'all see this interview. He got a crazy story about gambling. Now he's like multi-millionaire real estate event, but he got a crazy story. Um, anyway, all right, so that's all right, so that's my millionaire rant. Questions. Come join the most amazing live mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs every morning. Let's go. The, the, the morning meetup. Do you have a business idea you need to get off the ground? 
Do you currently work a nine to five and are looking for supplemental income? Come and network with like-minded individuals and take your business to the next level. Every morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with David Shand and friends. Try The Morning Meetup today for just $1. Head over to themorningmeetup.com. That's themorningmeetup.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.